Welcome. Welcome back. Welcome. Welcome. Welcome back. Welcome. 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 All right. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Anthony and Todd show. I'm your host, Trevor. I'm Vincent. And we are here with a very, very, very special interview today. Back with our interview series. Haven't done one of these in a little while, but uh, we are back on this fine Halloween uh, afternoon interviewing one of my favorite uh, new artist discoveries of last year, New Jersey based rapper Fat Boy Sheree. Fat Boy, how are you today? Yo! <laughs> my genius, what's going on, people? That's the singing voice we love to hear, dude. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm glad you're having me for sure. For sure. Big fan of y'all stuff, too. Hey, thank you. Because I got put on to y'all probably a little over a year ago, too. And y'all reviews and all y'all stuff is always dope. So it's real entertaining. (laughs) (laughs) Appreciate you, man. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, Fatboy Sharif just came out with a new project uh, as of last week. That's called Preaching in Havana uh, with, with producer No Face. That just came out like five days ago as of, well, it was... Four days ago, as of right now, right? Yes, sir. How are you feeling about the release of this? Uh, I'm super duper happy and I'm real proud of it. Like, I was just uh, telling my DJ, I was like, it's dope because when you work on a project for so long, you kind of like inside of the project, like when it comes to the writing, the videos, the makes it a mastering and all of that type of stuff. So now I can kind of just enjoy it from the outside. I can enjoy it like everybody else. And it's definitely, I would say my favorite project up until right now, for sure. Like everything we was going for, we definitely think we accomplished it. So we want to shout out, even with the first five days, everybody been going crazy over it and showing it a bunch of love. It's been good. Dope reviews. So we just want to shout out to everybody who been, Loving it and supporting it and getting the vision, me and no face and shout out to my brother Ging, PTP. It's out right now on PTP Records. He makes and mastered it and brought it all to life. And it was an amazing experience for sure. Yes, yes. Um, you you mentioned being inside the project. When you're ready to move on to a new project, how do you get out of that mindset? How do you kind of break that that cycle? Because right now you're in preaching Havana mode. But whenever you're ready to make a new project, how do you start to kind of move on from that? It's funny because I usually do, uh, I, I call it the three in, three out method. So I'll usually do, like when I were, when me and Roper was recording Gandhi Loves Children, we, start, we was recording two other projects at the same time. So we recorded that and two other things was ready to go. And it's funny because Literally the same time I was recording Havana, I was recording uh, Cyber City. Like, literally, like, in the same house. Like, I would go in one room, do some Cyber City shit, switch rooms, <laughs> go do some preaching to Havana stuff. So it's kind of like a certain mindset and frame that I get in for, like I said, three and three hours. So I usually record three projects at a time that I might take maybe a few weeks, two, three weeks, and I'll usually write three projects at a time too and kind of maneuver it like that. So you're saying that we've got at least two more projects on the docket right now. 
Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah, I definitely. That's what I'm hearing. That's what I'm hearing is we're going to get more Sharif here very, very soon then. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, it, I'll tell you this, top of next year into middle of next year, uh, another EP, another full length. So Yes, yes. I can't wait. I feel like I these projects are just so condensed. There's just so much stuff in them. You have to listen to them over and over. I feel like I can never just drink in enough of the project to like understand it all. There's just so many layers going on. No, nah, thank you so much. And that's, that's literally always, I always go for that when I'm creating, like, I'm always like, how can I, I never want to give people what they expect. So I'm always, how can we, how can we up the anti production wise? How can we up the anti content wise? How can we, and that's even like, I don't even use the same engineers to mix the, like, the same right. projects, like I'm like I want to go for this sound, create this world with this particular project, and let's see how it connects, how people connect with it compared to the other one type thing. What 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 is? How did y'all feel about the uh, Havana project? I'm and, loving and it so how far. About, how did y'all feel about it compared to the Cyber City and the Gandhi project? Because I know those. Those are probably the other two that y'all probably compared it to because those are the other two that y'all heard and uh, reviewed before. Yes, yes. Uh, so I, I definitely see um, a lot of similarities between Cyber City and this. Um, I You said you recorded them like at the same time. I can definitely tell that there was like a similar vision. Those are both two really condensed projects, just a really clear through line through the whole thing. But we were talking about this off air a little bit. Um I feel like Gandhi, you could more easily pick out tracks that you liked. Like you can pretty easily say, oh, I like, I don't know, uh, Smithsonian or I like Nasty Man or I like uh, whatever, Murder Them. And it's a little harder to do that on this this project. It's like just one big, uh, consistent piece versus a lot of tracks put together. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. no, definitely. For sure. Vincent, what'd you think? I thought it was incredible. I, I really liked No Face's production on it. I thought he did an incredible job. I like how everything just feels smooth and it glides to the next thing. It actually reminds me a lot of your track off of uh, Gandhi Loves Children, the jack-o'-lantern sculpture, where you're just constantly throwing these like, it's, I don't want to call it a nightmare, but it's just like this I feel like I'm in a dream state and you're just constantly spitting line and line after me. And it's all this like abstract surrealist imagery and it's kind of hard to point down. So you kind of have to like go back to the track and kind of figure out kind of their pinpoint to like what's happening. I'm not going to lie, Vincent. You about to bring a tear to my eye because <laughs> everybody who knows me knows that Jacqueline of Sculpture is my favorite song <laughs> on the album. So for you to say that, I'm smiling like, yes, he gets it. Like that. <laughs> and just a, just a little Easter egg for later on. The next me and Roper project, pay attention to that song. That's all I'll say. Excellent. I was talking about how we should play that today on our radio show for the for the Halloween episode that we're doing. How are you? Uh, actually, that uh, leads me to my next question, I guess. You've done a lot of these one producer, one rapper projects. Do you find that there's like a certain level of consistency that goes with that? You mentioned not using the same engineer every time. Like, 
is this uh is it almost like a game to you to try to find the correct combination that you want to do for your projects um i would say it's a little of that but also it's usually if you're dealing with a particular producer if y'all click and hit it off he usually most producers usually give you two or three different beats mm-hmm. at one time and i always just like i always been a fan of just the consistency with the projects the one producer projects mm-hmm. like so I'm always like, if I'm linking with this producer, let's literally let's really create a world with these songs. I just don't want to have three songs from this guy, two songs from this guy. I went like, I'd rather just sit with somebody like, yo, you gave me these five beats. These are dope. Let's create one thought and one overall theme with these projects right? to make it greater, to make it something that people years down the line and be like yo it's like a it's like a dope movie yeah like, yo auteur style type deal you don't want like to feel like it's just a big homogenated like lump of something you want like mm-hmm. one distinct style that one distinct world yeah no nah, definitely i feel like a lot of a lot of rappers kind of fall into that trap sometimes yeah the- especially like nowadays you just get so many different producers on a project that doesn't sound consistent you can definitely get it off but to me, like, I kind of just, a lot of times I like to just smile like the producer. Because even if you notice, like, on all of the projects, I always have one or two instrumental songs on the project mm-hmm. that is just the producer. And I'm big on that, like, because the producer is the backbone of what we do. So I'm always kind of just like, yo, I always tell producers, like, all right, I did my rap thing. I do your producer thing. And stuff like that, like, uh, preaching to Havana, no face. He did all of those different samples and transitions and all of the different stuff. And the engineer, uh, Ging PTP, he did all of the different panning and moving different sound effects and different voices when you hear them in one headphone but not the other. Like to me, that's the fun part of it. Like, yeah. Uh, how did you how did you come in contact with Roper or, or No Face? How did you meet these guys? I met Roper probably like 10 years ago because, okay. yeah, I used to do a radio show out in New Jersey and I used to do like these on-air ciphers. So it would just be like an open, whoever wanted to rap could just come up and rap. <laughs> like, I know, I heard a lot of awful uh, MC during that time, <laughs> but I was trying to give people an open door so they can let their feelings out. But yeah, one of my people's, uh, my boy Book, he's my DJ now. We've been close friends for like over, close to 10 years. Mm-hmm. He was like, yo, I got a group. Uh, could they come up to the to the show to rap? And I'm like, yeah. The, sh- the group comes up. Roper is the producer of the group. So me and him met then for the first time. But it was more just like, a, hey, how you doing? Handshake automatically from that we kind of just hit it off where we had similar taste of music humor all of that and at the end of that night he was just like yo come to the studio sometime see what we doing and i started going to the studio that they was recording at him and his group and his produ- his production automatically grabbed me where i'm just like yo this is some this is something special that i'm not hearing from from other people like in, especially in the age brackets because 
all of him, uh, Lone Sword, who did Cyber City, uh, face they all in their 20s. So I'm like, damn, like this is some this is some progressive. This is this is something progressive that I'm not hearing these sounds yet. And I don't hear the MCs out here that can bring these sounds to life. So we gotta definitely connect and work on something. So like the uh Gandhi Love Children, it's funny because like the final version you heard, that was probably made over like two or three years mm-hmm. with different versions of it. Where it was kind of like we'll get two or three songs done. Then we might not see each other for a couple months. Link back up, get like maybe two more songs done, not see each other for a year. Then I would say around the third time we linked back up, we was like, all right, let's literally, let's, let's, let's knock this, let's finally knock this out. Let's get all of this done and on the table. And same thing with the Cyber City Project, I got put on the long sword from my boy Pootie, who's on Gandhi Love Children, because right. they did a song together. So I was like, yo, who's that dude? Because I heard him rapping. I'm like, yo, he's fire. Because I got put up to him as an MC first. And then I, I looked up his music. I'm like, oh, he do beats. The beats is fire. So we linked up. I went out to Brooklyn. And we did maybe two songs. And he gave me some beats. And those, probably like two of those beats, we started putting together Cyber City with type thing. And we crafted and put it together. Him and No Face already was cool with each other. Mm. So I kind of met him through, I met No Face through him type thing. And I went to his crib one day and he was just like, yo, you got to meet No Face. I kept hearing, like everybody was like, yo, you and No Face would be dope. You got to hear him. So No Face came to his crib one day and just was playing me a bunch of different stuff. And kind of like similar with me and Rob, but we kind of just headed off on some personal stuff. And then the music just, came quickly after that and the rest was history that's kind of crazy that it's always like who you know you know in this industry and that that reminds me of my next question so i'm starting to listen to your music in the past year right and i listen to gandhi loves children and i put two and two together you're on this darko record uh did uh everybody vote for dr octagon right you're on this single so i start to see you crop up everywhere else you're on the the other darko record great white buffalo then you're on this steel tip dove record and now you're on billy woods and more mother and you're doing this track with x choir how did all this stuff blow up like can you pinpoint the moment where you felt like things were starting to kind of to kind of blow up for you in your career um i would definitely say like the gandhi record was definitely a turning point that more people was focusing, the more people's eyes got put onto me. Especially, shout out to Jeff Weiss POW. The re release definitely did a lot when we dropped the deluxe version. The vinyls are out now, too. Go cop those novelty records. But, oh, yeah. It was definitely during this. But I would say, honestly, like, it's kind of just, I would say, me just staying consistent over the years. Because literally, like, a lot of people got put on to me. Like you said, you got put on to me maybe a year ago. I Before Gandhi, I got three other projects. Right. I've been recording over, like, 10, like, I've been recording, like, 10, 11 years. So, to me, it was kind of just, like, a, keep your foot, I'm mean, just keeping my foot on the gas and not letting up. And I'm going to keep continuing to do the same. Because there's still people who never heard of me. So, now I'm just, like, keep, that's why I said I got so many projects ready different videos and stuff like 
And outside of that, I just want to bring bring my talents to other things like do it, writing short films and short books and all of that. Like, it's just a whole bunch of creative different vessels I want to tap into for sure. You ever thought about doing comedy? We saw a video of, of uh, where was it? Was it like a tour video that you had done? And you and a bunch of other guys were sitting around eating dinner and God, I was just laughing my ass off watching this video. <laughs> yeah, that's definitely, it, it's funny because I did like an improv, uh, tour, I did an improv comedy event like last summer that was real dope. Yeah. So yeah, that that's definitely, <laughs> I definitely threw that around in my head too. Oh yeah, you're talking about the concert video I did in uh, Lincoln, Washington Square Park. Yes, yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> a 400 pound porno cyborg drink. Yeah, you just roasting all these guys you're sitting with. They're so funny. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, that shit was hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. So you're talking about um, people, you know, getting put onto you. And I mean, I'm not going to lie. I got put onto you after the Fly Pelican video dropped. And I saw it. Um, I, I guess I was probably watching one of Darko's new videos. We're talked to him a lot, but uh, I was watching one hey, of his new videos. Bro, Darko the Super. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, we've interviewed him a couple of times. We t- I love his music and everything, but I yeah, saw your your video for fly Pelican was in the suggested. I watched it and I was just like, damn, this is incredible. I just, I showed it to Vincent immediately. That became like my most listened to song of last year. So I went and listened to the full record and I had thought I originally wanted to ask you why you went in such like this abrasive direction after fly Pelican. But then I kind of thought about it more and that is the odd man out. That's the odd track out. What drove (laughs) you to make that song? And like, how did that turn out so different from everything else you've made? They, uh, I just also I want to say thank you for def- definitely appreciating that song for sure. It means a lot. No, uh, it's funny. That particular song, I got to give all of the credit to Roper for that one. Because I would say we was probably 75% done with the Gandhi album. And like you said, it's kind of like the odd man out. Mm-hmm. And that's how Rupert brought it to me. He was like, yo, let's have a joint that's, let's have an easy joint that people can just hear and they think they're going to want to know what they think they're going to be able to tell how the rest of the music goes out, but they're not going to know. That's why we put it early. He was yeah. like, yo, let's put it early so people can, and it was kind of like an experiment that went amazingly great. So, <laughs> yeah, I mean, it definitely, it definitely worked on, uh, on us yeah. and that that's what made us listen to the rest of it i mean i don't want to does it kind of annoy you that that's your most popular song at all uh, to tell you the truth it's not my personal favorite song. I, honestly <laughs> i didn't i didn't figure it would be after hearing every other song that you've made and then go back to listen to that it's so just it's like night and day difference i i didn't figure that you'd like that no, very much no <laughs> Uh, I love the song, but every as artists, we always got our favorite stuff that we do. Like for, and Scorsese, amazing director. Mm. A lot of people are saying, uh, when you say Scorsese, you got to say Goodfellas or Casino. My personal favorite from Scorsese is Bringing Out the Dead with Nicolas Cage. But <laughs> <laughs> yeah, every, everybody got a different things like that. But yeah, uh, Fly Pelican is definitely a song that definitely changed my life for sure. So I always got to be appreciative to that song. That's fair. Very fair. 
can you, Vincent wants to know if you can explain or shine any light on the Gandhi Loves Children album art. Because I'm just, I, it's, it's, it's such it's a funny artwork. It's such like a character-driven piece that really like gets you into more of like, not really like the style of the album, but more like how you use character in your music and how like you can be bold and like not obnoxious, but like there is simply this like colorful, strange character that pops out. Uh, yeah. Was there a plan to do that or did you just randomly were like, I'm going to wear a bathrobe and a wig on the album art? <laughs> uh, it's weird because <laughs> I always say like, to me, like my my dopest ideas come to me at night when I'm asleep. So I remember the album was finished, and me and Roper was kind of going back and forth for what the uh, album artwork should be. So he would he would have like little ideas. I might think of something, and I, I just told him at one point, I'm just like, yo, when it's when it's perfect, it's gonna be perfect. It'll come to me when it's supposed to come to me. So. I woke up one morning and I called him and I had half of the idea that I wanted. So I was just like, yo, I'm going to have on the wig, boxers. But the original plan was like, I was supposed to be standing in front of this house. <laughs> and the, the guy in the back cover that's in the big long robe, he was supposed to be standing on one side and I was going to have a little kid wearing the uh, all black suit with the Reagan mask. Mm-hmm. Like a like five-year-old kid and that was going to be the cover but when we went to do the shoot and we couldn't find a damn kid that knew how to damn stand still <laughs> and, and we just was like yo let's just take a bunch of different flicks and see how it go or whatever so uh shout out to Derek Belazaro photographer for that we did maybe like a two or three hour shoot I, um, out here in New Jersey in the woods somewhere. And we came back with a bunch of dope stuff. And that particular picture was the one that like, because I picked another one, funny thing. And Roper was like, yo, this picture's dope. So I'm looking at the picture and to me, the picture was so layered. It was a, it was a playing picture, but it said so much in the picture. And it smoked the album perfectly. Like, because even just with, the way to and look, you see me smiling, black glasses on, looking straight. You can't see what I'm seeing. You see Reagan's straight face standing there. And to me, the whole picture, the whole meaning of the picture to me, I was like, yo, this is gonna work because what are they staring at? We're so <laughs> right. amusing to one person, but <laughs> yeah, we're, we're so amusing to one person, but the other person can care less. I was like, that's the cover. I was like, for the next hundred years. People are going to be figuring out, trying to figure out what the hell was they looking at. <laughs> so what were you looking at? <laughs> camera. Just no, they weren't looking at the camera. <laughs> I, I can never say. It's one of those. Oh, okay. It's one, right. of those, yeah, it's one of those. It's one of those. The Tony Soprano really died moments. Yeah. Right. We, we, we wanted to bring our own Tony Soprano. We wanted to bring our own Sopranos finale. In uh, in visual form, <laughs> I love that. Dude. That's such, that's a good story. <laughs> <laughs> was the uh, was the preaching in Havana album art shot in the same place? 
Oh no, that was in uh that was in Brooklyn. Uh there goes my theory. The <laughs> Yeah, that was a Brooklyn off the uh, Aberdeen stop off the L train. All right, okay. And shout out to No Fish. No Fish told me about that particular area, like, because he lives over there. So he was just like, yo, it's a dope uh, graffiti abandoned train area. And it started because we shot the Static Vision video over there. The video came out dope. So we like, yo, let's get some pictures over here to go for the album cover. Shout out to the photographer Yoga. We probably, same thing, kind of similar with the Gandhi thing. We probably shot maybe like two or three hours. Mm-hmm. And we got a bunch of dope stuff that came back. But that particular one, it was, when we both seen it, we was like, that's the one. Because even standing behind no face, my like not clearly in the shot. But you see the close-up of him, and you just see the little yellow eyes with the black goat head. We was like, yeah, like. That's it right there. That's it. That's the vision. Yeah, nah, definitely. It was another, it was definitely another thing with a with a photography spoke the album, but the, the photography said like two or three different stories in it. And I always like to aim for that when I pick like album artworks for sure. Is it kind of your goal to have every listener come up with their own theory or their own uh I don't know, like kind of what's the word I'm looking for? connection connection yeah like what what they think the album is about or do you kind of go into it with your own idea and this is like what you want each listener to understand i usually go into it with these ideas are in my head and i want to get these ideas out but to me it's one of my favorite parts of the whole process is just and i've been noticing it it, it been happening a lot since savannah came out Everybody has a different idea. Nobody ideas. Nobody idea is wrong. Mm-hmm. So some people I see. I seen somebody compare it to like the Shane Conscious album, like or some like Goody Mob, like yeah, uh, album shit. And I'm like, yeah, that's not wrong at all. Because I definitely, it's definitely elements of that on a lot of songs that we touched on, stuff that I wanted to talk about. Then I heard some people compare it to different horror movies or different abstract directors like uh, David Lynch or Stevie King or somebody like that. And I'm like, mm-hmm. yeah, that's why we're all you. Because we were going for that. Some of the random uh, noise elements and uh, ad-lib tractions and that type of stuff. So, yeah, they're, they're, it's always connected for me. Like, I always love to here's everybody's different perspective and and people are asking me like I don't ever mind answering the question either about certain lyrics or people will be like did you mean this did you say that and it, it, it all adds to the to the story at the end of the day so you mentioned you mentioned all these different like horror elements to your music a lot of people comparing you to these movies and different directors like what what do you say that your music is I I've got a feeling that you don't really care for labels on your music but i'm curious as to like what you say it is i always say it's literally just uh different perils and different universal thought that you can examine and give your own perspective on it because like you said me personally i don't like to box my music in with no type of genre or label right like i said i got five or six other projects done if I showed you the sixth one, you might be like, oh, my God, 
this is what this project is about. But I always, I'm a strong believer in stuff have to come out when it's supposed to come out. So imagine if you saw uh, Mahalan Drive before you seen Eraserhead. Mahalan Drive would have still been dope, but seeing Eraserhead first was like, oh, okay, this makes perfect sense in the, in the timeline of this story. Right, so, yeah. You get you kind of get the vision a little bit. Yeah. To once me, you that's see how, it in that order. Yeah, to me, that's how my music is. Like, it's a timeline that you just got to stick around for. And every album connects in different ways. Like, it's definitely a good thing for me where I can always create and be like, okay, it's time to paint a new picture for the, for the fans. It's time to create a new world for the fans. I'm gonna say something on. I'm gonna say something in movie six that's not gonna happen to movie twelve, or I might <laughs> say something in movie twelve that happened in movie one, and you hear movie one like, oh shit, that word or that song title or that concept. Like, <laughs> I really, I really like that. I really like you've got this vision. You've got this timeline for like everything that you want to do in the future. I, I think that's kind of a lost art. Yeah, nah, definitely. Especially from nowadays to the music, from music gets me like everybody wanting to put out like 63 albums a year and people just working with everybody and it's kind of definitely watered down the aspect of like, oh my God, this is an actual album. Like, I got to right. hear this shit with it. Like, to me, like, I miss that type. I miss those type of music, that type of music. Like, Curtis Mayfield didn't have to put out 10 albums in, the, in, in a year. They were so only was putting out albums every five or six years. Right, right. And each one was of great quality too. It's like yeah, the quality never lasted. dipped. Yeah, and it lasted. Nine Inch Nails, Porter said they didn't have to put out six albums in the year. Like it's like, all right, we're gonna put this one album out. This is what's going on now. And sit with it for a couple of years and let's let's discuss it. Let's talk about it like a good book or a good painting. Let's really look into it and break it down piece by piece. To me, that's how albums should be. Right. It seems like you seems like you really make great connections with everybody that you work with as well. And I, I really like that about your records is I feel like you can tell that you have these personal connections with your producers, with your features or whoever you're working with. It's not just like you, you know, never met them or you've just been like emailing somebody um, to get a beat or whatever. And I'm, I'm really curious about what it was like working with these backwoods, uh, these backwoods folks. You got working with Billy Woods and more mother. Like I said, what was that like working with them? Oh, that was real dope. It was amazing. It, it's funny because that whole thing kind of started with still tipped off had reached out to me after Gandhi dropped. Mm -hmm. And he was just like, yo, Gandhi, stole this and that. And I was familiar with him. Super OG on the, independent underground scene for over 10 years. Yeah, yeah. So he connected. I went to his studio, and he had played me some joints that was fire. And I think, I want to say the first day I was there, I maybe got two or three beats from him, and we cooked up some joints, and it was dope. Like, it was, we were like, me, me and him connected instantly. Kind of like the No Face, Lone Sword, like, same thing with Billy was. Like, when we met, we connect, like, we kind of, same thing with more mother, like, 
It was all genuine. Oh, you all are definitely all cut from the same cloth. <laughs> I can, I can, I can hear your influence on each other. <laughs> no, nah, it's, it's it's beautiful because definitely right now I would say, kind of how I said, a lot of music is kind of the water fountain ten albums a year type thing. Yeah, it's a flip side where you got artists like. More mother, Billy Woods, uh, myself, Pink Sifu, Ka, where they drop, and when they drop, it gets examined. It gets like, you like, yo, you got to still sit with this album. It's still different elements of this album that I'm picking up on six months later to a year later. And to me, that's real. That's the real power of music right there. Like, so all of those type of artists definitely inspire me to keep going for sure. Yeah. I like an album drop that turns into an event. Versus just kind of a a monthly monthly basis kind of thing, you know what I mean? Nah, no, hell yeah, definitely. Oh, I guess I got one more question. Uh, what what made you want to become a musician? Like, was there a specific moment where you really wanted to start to take it more seriously? It's funny because I always I've been writing raps since like fourth grade, really. Funny yeah. <laughs> and. It's funny because coming up, I started out doing poetry from maybe like six or seven. And I won a bunch of different poetry events and contests and all of that. Mm-hmm. And my full grade, it kind of transferred into writing raps. But during then, or kind of like the creative level, I kind of knew to myself, like, okay, I want to do this, but I want to do it different. And even just a bunch of stuff that I was influenced by. Like, it's funny, I always joke about it. Like, I was the kid in the neighborhood that kids would come to my house to watch TV and videos and they'll complain because I'm watching Soundgarden and White Zombie videos at like 10 years old. Like, yo, this shit is dope. You see this? This is like... So all of that kind of definitely influenced me into making music and not wanting to make it the way that they tell you're supposed to make it. Like that was like, that was used for me. Like probably I would say the age, between the ages of like six to like 11, 12, I was super, super duper into influenced by the heavy metal grunge scene. That yeah, was popping. Yeah. like, and even to this day, like it's still a huge influence to me. Like that's what, that's what my bucket list. I want to do a rock album down the line. Oh, right. yes, yeah. you should. That'd be dope. Yeah, hell yeah. <laughs> uh, when you when you rap about these different topics, like there's, I mean, there's some like crazy, crazy lines or just these crazy bars on all on all across your projects. Like, do you do you have to research this stuff, or is it just all like floating around in your head all the time, and you just want to just want to get it out of there, you know? Uh, I think it's a little of both, because. I might have like an actual concept or something. I think about wild, crazy concepts in my head all day. I'm not going to lie. Okay. Even <laughs> like a regular conversation, like me and my, I'll be joking with some friends and I'm like, yo, that's fucking, that's amazing. I'm going to write a song. <laughs> and it's some, sometimes it's like, I want to touch on this, but I want to learn more about this. So I'll read something or I'll go to a third party source or something like that. But 
it all comes from like a real place for sure. And do you feel like people, when they hear your music, I know you said you got some really good response from preaching in Havana's release. And of course, Gandhi kind of blew up for you. Do you feel like people are, are understanding what you're saying? Or do you feel like, do you ever have people that like take it the wrong way? Uh, no, because that's one thing I always stand by everything I say. And I can you know, I always clear up any misconceptions or somebody might have thought they heard something. I can explain it and break it down in detail. But most people always definitely see the vision and they'll explain it to me in a way that I'm like, oh, that's a dope perspective. Uh, I'm gonna listen to it from from the perspective you said and see how how it comes to me now. Yeah, yeah. What do you think is your limit for for noise? I guess like how abrasive or how like crazy could you make a track? Have you reached that potential yet, or you feel like that's to come? Oh, not at all. I, <laughs> uh, I, I was joking in the studio with somebody recently. I'm like, yo, I'm like, I'm like, Havana is tame. For for other stuff that's that I'm uh, the stuff that I'm already working on, future wise <laughs> and other stuff, so I'm excited. <laughs> and I guess I I said one last question a little bit ago, and I just kept thinking of stuff. It's just no, no, no. You good, bro? <laughs> like I said, so this this is the real last question. Are there what other artists are out right now that are making music that you feel like are really um, in tune with it? Who are you listening to right now? Oh yeah, it's a a bunch of dope artists right now. We got Quelle Chris, Rap Ferrer, Pink Sifu, uh, my homie YL from NYC, mm-hmm. uh, to the Taze Grip family, Lungs, Feet, Akai Solo, the Backwoods uh, family, like, it's a, more mothers in the whole 700 Bliss, like, it's a bunch of dope, dope stuff out right now for sure that's inspiring and and keeping things bubbling, like I was saying, the new car album, fire. Yes. The new uh, Korean Town Oddity album, fire. <laughs> yes. The Very funny too. Album, I love that one. Fire. <laughs> so much of dope shit. <laughs> Excellent. All right, uh, I guess that wraps it up here uh, on the Anthony and Todd show. Uh, Sharif, thanks for coming on, man. I appreciate you coming on and talking with us for a little bit. Appreciate y'all having me, man. Y'all need to go out there right now. Subscribe to the Anthony and Todd show. Make sure they get a million gazillion views so they can get the YouTube checks and we can go to the beach and go get some Chinese food and go to the strip club. Let's That's do this. Sounds fantastic. That's, That's the dream. What, when do you think you're going to be touring soon? Touring, touring in Ohio, possibly? Let's set it up. I'm trying to... I got LA in two weeks and I got... I got LA in two weeks... Philly, December, Chicago, and January. So I'm definitely down to make something happen with Ohio. Let's let's make it. Let's connect with it for sure. Let's do it. Let's do it. <laughs> All right, guys. That was uh, that's the interview. Then the Anthony and Todd show again. My name is Trevor. I'm Vincent, and we just interviewed Fat Boy Sharif. Make sure you check out Preaching in Havana. It's available on Bandcamp. Bandcamp for sure. Bandcamp Fridays coming up really soon make sure you get that make sure you cop that uh gandhi loves children uh there are still how many copies left of that on vinyl uh who knows but it's not that much <laughs> make sure you get very very limited yeah. numbers make sure you get it candy floss very yeah, sure incredible going <laughs> and just keep supporting the movement and 
Stay tuned for the next film. You feel me? I'm ready for it, man. I'm ready. Make sure you check out oh, Preaching yeah. in Preaching Havana. Havana. Preaching in Havana out right now. Go cop that on Big Camp on PTP Records. Shout out to No Fish. Shout out to Gang. It's a movie, y'all. Goodbye. 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 Thank you. Goodbye.